Hey, Mark, what are we drinking today? That's a great question, Dan. We're gonna drink. We're gonna drink some whiskey that took a detour before it got to us. Yeah. We're gonna drink whiskey that spent its time in its barrel, mm-hmm. and then spent some time in another barrel, <laughs> but not, not finishing. Mm. Double oak. Double oak. Which I suppose is kind of like finishing. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that happens after. Right. Um, I, we would probably properly refer to that as a second maturation. Mm. I didn't even hit my first maturation yet. Well, I'm hoping we get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so not involving wine barrels or port barrels or right. sherry barrels, but involving other barrels that um, typically are new barrels. Mm-hmm. They're, they're toasted or charred or a combination. Um, and it's been some time in there. And toasted's a big thing now. That's part of that second maturation thing. Everybody's got a toasted expression. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some of the Michter's toasted is all right. Uh, but you know, Michter's toast all their barrels. Mm-hmm. What's, so the di- what? what's the difference between charring and toasting? Charring is lots of heat mm-hmm. for a very short period of time. So it burns the barrel. Barrel's on fire. Right, right. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it chars that initial depth in the barrel and mm-hmm. that's what you know we love about a charred oak barrel. Mm-hmm. Toasting is lower heat for a longer period of time uh, hopefully to bring out different compounds, mm-hmm. you know, more of the vanillin, the vanilla type stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, a lot of brands, in fact, one of our favorites, Lenny, Lenny uh, toasts and chars all of his barrels. Yeah, Lenny's not a brand. That's right, Deer Hammer. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Lenny's a human being that runs. He's, he's so intertwined brand. in my mind with yeah. Deer Hammer that yeah. he is he is it, it is him. Right, right. But anyway, correct, Deer Hammer. So, you know, Lenny toasts all his barrels. If, so they're not necessarily second maturation, but even his first barrels. And mm-hmm. Michter's does the same thing, and so a lot of brands do. Yeah. Uh, I think Michter's really kicked off the toasted part of that. But mm-hmm. a lot of brands have done a second barreling. Woodford's the most well-known, the Double Oak. Double Oak, yeah. Um, and, and frankly, it's really hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that we complain about with traditional finishing, you know, let's, let's mature it in a regular barrel. Let's put it in a rum barrel for a while. Is it often that seems like it's, uh, an escape hatch for less than wonderful whiskey. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that happens, uh, with the second, the doubled oak thing. Um, but it's just really hit and miss. Mm-hmm. But lately, we've stumbled into a couple of really good ones. You did. And yeah. now now we're kind of back on that, well, let's try that out a mm-hmm. little bit more. Because we were initially somewhat scarred by our first experience. Yeah, the first time we had a Woodford Double Oak, uh, it was awful. Yeah. yeah. It was a, like a store pick single barrel. Yeah, thing. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it, yeah, that that – that kind of was to me the beginning of a very negative connotation when I saw double oak on anything. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to me that when Peerless, I saw Peerless has a double oak, I saw it on the shelf, I passed it up like three different times, and I was like, nah, I just can't make the bite. But I love Peerless stuff. They've done really great stuff. I thought, man, if Peerless has done a good bourbon and a good rye, there's got to be something here. So I want to try it. And it was not cheap. That was a $90 bottle. Was, but I, I took the plunge. I bought it. And we tasted it, 
Delicious. Delicious. And I actually had some last night just to make sure. Still delicious. Still delicious. Yeah, yeah. And we opened the uh, Master Wild Turkey Masters Keep One, mm-hmm. and that's an eight to fourteen year old batch of barrels that then goes back into a new that's been toasted and mm-hmm. all that. Good. It's amazing, right? So maybe the secret, or and we kind of talked about it. Maybe the trick is if it's good whiskey before it goes in that second barrel, mm-hmm. there's good things to be added uh, after. If it's weak. Going in, it's going to be weak coming out. <laughs> it, it seems as if it gets weaker. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I haven't bought a second bottle, but when Elijah Craig first had their toasted, mm-hmm. I bought it. And the first sip, I thought, well, that's pretty good. It's a little different than normal. Every sip after that tasted like a, a sweaty socks and a wet cardboard. It was just nasty, mm-hmm. and it was it was almost as not not as bad as that Woodford, but it was close. Yeah, sure. Um, and then. One I go back and forth on is Old Forester 1910. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those with the great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they go to the second barrel, they go to a, a barrel that's just about charred to death. Um, it's a long char. Mm-hmm. So it spends whatever time. Of course, Old Forester never age states that stuff, probably four or five years. And then it goes into this super charred barrel. And the story of that was it was the, the fire on Whiskey right. Row in 1910. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go back and forth on that one. Sometimes I feel like it's it's marshmallows and chocolate because of that super charred barrel, and sometimes it just tastes like. Um, last night I sat out by a fire drinking whiskey. It sometimes just tastes like that. I'm just mm. my head's in a fire. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, I mean, to me, Old Forester, the the bottles are very different from depending on which one you get. Like the yeah the bottled and bond, or sorry, the um, yeah the bottled and bond versus like the 1920, totally different, very different, totally different animals. So. I wonder how much of that has to do with with the char process and how much or the the double oaking or double barreling versus just old foresters recipe in general and how it reacts to certain things. As far as I know, it's all the same recipe, and uh, there's a big proof difference. In right, those. you know, you got 1910s at 93 or 94 proof. The 1897, the bottled and bonds 100, 115 for the 1920. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's part of it. I'm sure there's different brick houses and the way they, sure. the way they uh, batch those barrels together mm-hmm. is different, but it is odd. It's it's a lot like wild turkey where there's just that one recipe, but it's right. very, very different. Mm-hmm. And of course the 1910 stands out because it's the only one of those that gets that double barrel treatment. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't know. It just, it, it, it still feels like a cop out in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what to do with this. So we're just going to put it in a second barrel. So, <laughs> I, so I think that's the, the best tip so far, which mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to keep drinking, mm-hmm. make sure we get to the bottom of it. Eventually, after years, but I think that's the biggest takeaway: is yeah. if it's if it's a brand that you're on the fence about on a, a typical expression, and they come out with a double barreled or a double oaked or a toasted barrel, it's probably just going to be crap. Yeah, because right. it wasn't that good in the first place. Mm-hmm. But if you're a wild turkey fan, and we know that everything they make is good. And they start talking about, let's put it in a toasted barrel after and leave it for a while. Then you got some chance with that. And same with Peerless. The way you said with Peerless, young distillery, yeah, relatively young distillate, uh, super high quality. Everything we've had from we've really liked. Mm-hmm. Pretty good chance we're going to like that. And yeah. Good thing because that wasn't a cheap bottle. No, it was not at all. Where do we stand right now on Double Oaked? I mean – to my, with my limited experience, I mean, I know for a fact that the Peerless Double Oaked is, is excellent. Not a fan of the Woodford. You know, what other, what other have you, what other Double Oaked expressions have you had? So the 1910, that Wild Turkey, 
the uh, I had the Michter's toasted bourbon. I had the Elijah Craig toasted. So not that many. Yeah. Um, we like 50-50 on liked versus disliked? I think we're about there, about, yeah. About 50-50. And the Michter's was fine, but people, they, that's an $80 bottle. People pay hundreds of dollars for it. I yeah. Mean, that's not. Yeah. I don't think I would like it. I mean, I, Michter's to me is is okay, but it's not my favorite. Yeah. So to me, I, th- I wouldn't take that leap on, the, on anything double oak, you know. And again, I think that goes back to knowing your tastes and, and what's going into the to the barrels. Yeah, and that's what you have to trust mm-hmm. is, is you know what you, you should know after a while what you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to use that as the basis because this second maturation, this other barrel thing, mm-hmm. that's a little unknown unless you've just had a lot of those. And I, I don't think I've had enough to, to say. I'm going to stick to it's a crapshoot. Yeah. If I'm going to roll those dice, mm-hmm. I'm going to roll it on a brand where I like the other whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a chance on a brand that says, say, for, say for instance, uh, let's try and think of one. Um, I mean, even Heaven Hill, you know, if Heaven Hill comes out with a, a toasted barrel, second oak, double oaked, whatever bourbon, mm-hmm. and it's under 10 years old, I'm going to take that chance. Right. If they come out with a barrel proof, 12 year old double up i'm out yeah it was yeah. i don't like that whiskey going in i'm probably not going to like it in another barrel Let, let's talk a little bit about the syntax associated with with double oak because you know the peerless says double oak right on the label but mm-hmm. it's not always i mean the process itself isn't always labeled double oak no no it, it can be toasted barrel it can be i don't know that's probably about it. I've heard I mean, toasted, toasted oak, toasted and double, double oak, yeah. double, double oak, double, double. Which we had that. That was a friend got me that yeah. at the distillery. It wasn't so bad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think again, it's. I think everybody's kind of looking for their angle right now on yeah. on making themselves stand out and look unique. And so you kind of you do have to do your due diligence as a consumer when you see double oak and then you see something else that's toasted or you see something, you know, matured in a second barrel. Yeah. They, and they always, maybe the name's not the best way, but they will always brag about it because mm-hmm. it looks as an expense. I mean, the barrel costs money. Right. And the time costs money and the time and the rickhouse costs money. Mm-hmm. It costs more to do that. So they're always going to call it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I don't, it's not magic. And, and if, if you like the whiskey going in, maybe there's a chance, mm-hmm. but it's just not, I'm not going to pay that much more for that experience. Right. Uh, and I, and I still think just like I think with finishing techniques with wine barrels and such, um, I think that part of what's happening is the ta- the grain has changed. The, the homogenized grain across a lot of the country, uh, there's not as much flavor, you know, rye in particular, there's, there's. The starch levels in rye is way higher than it was just a couple of decades ago. Mm -hmm. Starch is not flavor. Uh, Corn, I think, is similar in that it's just not the same flavor in the grain. Right. And I think that may be why we're starting to see um, a lot of these finishing techniques and double oaks and all that is because they're looking for some flavor. Because a lot of this younger whiskey, four or five years old, you know, that, that grain... It's different than 10 or 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it feel a little bit like brands are kind of grasping at straws? I mean, does it feel a little gimmicky, the finishing and the double oaking and all this? I, I think there's some gimmick feel to both of those things. Mm-hmm. I think that it's easier uh, easier to call that with the wine type finishes, the port finishes, because, you know, used barrels, it's got to be a lower expense, especially because the conglomerate nature of these, you know, if, if, uh, if Elijah Craig wants 
barrels, you know, if somebody wants used barrels, they've all got used barrels from somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but when you start talking about new barrels, there's a bigger investment in that, right. I think. So I, th I think for sure it's gimmicky with, I think it's gimmicky with the, so few of the rum finishes or even the name finishing. Mm -hmm. Why was I buying unfinished whiskey? <laughs> this is incomplete. Yeah, this, that was, I'm kind of mad yeah, now. You had whisk. You didn't tell me this was not finished. <laughs> now we got to finish it? Yeah. Uh, and I know it's more like finishing school or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I, I I do think it's gimmicky. I do think that part of it is they're grasping for not only a marketing angle, but they're grasping for some flavor. Mm -hmm. I think that the 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 tide that's rising all these boats. It, I mean, there is massive investment going. Will it just announced a ninety three million dollar distillery expansion? Right. Um, I'm sure they're all happy that the market's great, but I think they're also looking around and going, holy smoke, this is getting crowded. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And they're trying to find that thing that's a little bit different. And, and, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, as American consumers, we like shiny stuff. Yeah. So when they flicker a shiny thing in front of us, we all run down and buy a few thousand cases of it. Yeah. And I don't know that we always get rewarded for that. No, but I think, you know, I think on one hand, we do get the ability to taste different things and, and have have a, a basically a scope of products that we, that no generation has had before us, yeah. uh, which is cool. Uh, but it also ups the ante for us in terms of what we spend our dollars on because, you know, taking a risk on a $90 bottle like I did, how many people can do that re with any regularity? Yeah. And then you just revert back to what you know, which is that $40 bottle you've always liked, right? Yeah, and, and that's um, that's important because, I mean, there are brands that are doing really good stuff, and Peerless is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. But it's it's dangerous. As far, unless you just have all the money in the world, it's it's a, it's a dangerous game we mm -hmm. play with, with these bottles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just bought a, a Boulder Spirits cask strength, and, like, I wouldn't have dreamed of doing that even six months ago. Because, But, but because we do what we do, we've had the opportunity to mm -hmm. taste ahead of time. And I think at this point, that's really the only way for a lot of consumers to yeah. to, to do this is to, to listen to other people's takes, and which is a, a dangerous game in itself. Yeah, there's that. And then there's, you know, we aren't, at least I'm not, I'm not a big, uh, let me go to the bar and drink stuff. Yeah. Because especially not for the purpose of figuring out if I like something, because right. there's smells and sounds and things that I'm not used to there. And mm -hmm. I don't know that I get a true reading. Right. I don't, if, if I had the best palate in the world, which mm -hmm. I'm, you know, so far from that, it doesn't matter. Then maybe I could suss that out. Yeah. But I just, I've had so many experiences where I, I got something just because it's fun. I'm not really worried about tasting it. Mm -hmm. But in that process, I'm like, it doesn't yeah. taste anything like I remember. Right. Why? Well, because yeah. there's a dude smoking out in the alley and yeah, there's yeah. a steak burning back. Then, and it's just all different. Yeah. But that's the other option. Buying a pour. And a lot of people like us will do, not reviews, but they'll they'll have a system of that. Is it mm -hmm. a buy is it a try or is it a pour, a, mm -hmm. you know, a drain, drain pour. pour? Yeah. And so if it hits that middle one, mm -hmm. even if it's an expensive pour, twelve or fifteen dollars, better to pay that yeah. than ninety dollars to find out you don't like something. Right. Well, fortunately for you, Mark, uh, we recently discovered that I'm a super taster. So we did, <laughs> which I still don't think that's correct. What I think is, uh, I'm a drama queen. You're a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> my my wife bought for, for for our last whiskey night last week. We. Uh, my wife bought these tasting strips and uh, you put them on your tongue and some people don't taste it at all. Some people taste a little bit of bitterness and some people are just like blasted with the bitterness and those are the super tasters. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I felt pretty blasted by the the nastiness of it uh, to the point where I made it, I made a funny face, funnier than my normal face. 
And uh, my wife said, oh, you're a super taster. And I'm running with that, man. He did. <laughs> he grabbed a hold of that like it was the last lap yeah. of the Olympic what, trials. Just because I made t-shirts that said I'm a super taster? Come on. <laughs> I think the only actual super taster in that group was my wife. She's who, who barely made a sound, but yeah. you could see on her face. That was the nastiest right. thing she, she had in a while. <laughs> and she swears, she'll go, I can't taste things like you do. I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah. You taste everything that I, I don't taste. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, not yeah. her thing. She's, she's, she's probably smarter than all of us and probably like better at tasting all this yeah. stuff and just as quiet, you know. She's just it. quiet. And then, she's and, holding then, out. and then she'll say, I don't know why you bought a second bottle of that. It's terrible. <laughs> Where <laughs> were been, you before? Would have been nice this. to know. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, well, you know, Dan, it's another one of those things in whiskey mm. where it's a, a twist plot. Mm. It's a wrinkle in the thing. Yeah. You got to keep drinking the bottles, but uh, don't. Don't just jump in. It's kind of like like single barrels. Just Mm. because it says single barrel doesn't mean it's better. The person that picked it might not have known what they were doing. Same with this. Just because it's double oaked and Mm -hmm. somebody spent some time doesn't mean it's any better. It might just be doubly bad. Right. Uh, And that's what we found. So if you got to buy the bottle and take the shot, do it with brands that you like other things they do. Mm -hmm. Because chances are this will improve things. But if it's a brand that you've had bad experiences with before – uh, that second barrel or that toasting is probably not going to save it any more than dumping it in a Chardonnay barrel and calling it finished mm-hmm. is going to help it. Yep. Well, in, in just a few minutes, Mark, we're going to be testing this theory because I brought the Peerless Double Oak with yep. me today. And so we're going to taste some of that on Friday Sips Live, which by, is... By the time everybody hears this, yeah. that will have been done. Well, yeah. But then you can go on YouTube and you can find it. That's right. Go uh, back and watch that. Yep. And, and actually watch the last two, two mm-hmm. Fridays, which will be today will be December 9th. Last week would have been the second. second. Yeah, uh, watch those because we opened that peerless on the second, mm-hmm. um, and then today we'll have some of that. We're going to have a barrel vantage, mm-hmm. which is quite tasty. We're going to open up a, a nineteen ten old force nineteen ten, and we're going to sip some of that wild turkey uh, masters keep one, which I had a lot more of until about twelve <laughs> hours ago when some friends and I kind of did some damage to it on the deck out in the cold in the fire last. That happens. But, but you uh, you can watch those on YouTube now. And, of course, join us every Friday, 2.30 MST. So that's where, you know whatever that translates to where you are in the world. Uh, we drink and we open bottles and we test stuff and we chat with you. So please do join us live every Friday at 2.30 Mountain Standard Time. And speak of the drama queens, then, we, then one of us drinks the dump glass after on Instagram. <laughs> it's always a good time. Always a good time. Yeah. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Mark. Let's go do it. Yep. Yep.